Hello, and welcome to the Purdue Ag Econ podcast, the podcast for experts and innovators in agriculture. I'm Haley Fisher. On today's show, we talk to senior and former podcast host Dane Erickson about his time in the Ag Econ department and where he will go following graduation. Stay tuned. Hello, you're listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Foster, Professor in Agricultural Economics here at Purdue. And I want to introduce you to my new co-host, who is Haley Fisher. Haley is a sophomore in Agricultural Economics here at Purdue. Haley, how are you today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing very well. And, you know, before we get into our guest and interview, I just want to let everybody know that um, we owe you some congratulations, too. I saw that you were recently named the Outstanding Sophomore Student in the College of Ag at Purdue. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's quite an honor. What led to that is this, this is not all about GPA, right? I mean, there's some other things behind receiving that honor. What other things have you been involved in? in your first couple of years here at Purdue? Yeah, so I've been, this is my third undergraduate research project that I'm a part of now as a sophomore. I am also the director of Rising Professionals and the president of that. I'm also part of the AAEA Quiz Bowl, Ag Ambassadors, and Agricultural Council here at Purdue. Oh my gosh, I'm tired just (laughs) listening to you. Uh, That's fantastic. Thank you. Well, I just want to thank you for being willing to participate in this podcast. I think our listeners really enjoy hearing a student's perspective, and just nice to have a, a new face and a new voice in the podcast. So welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, you all remember our previous, uh, now I guess we have to call him emeritus co-host of the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast, Dane Erickson. And Dane is with us as our guest today. Dane, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And you must be counting down by now the hours to graduation because it's just a couple weeks away, right? Yeah, it's getting really close. It's hard to believe. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, you know, I have to confess to uh, the listeners that I've known Dean's family for a long time, and I don't want to embarrass you, Dean, but the first time I met you, you were playing in my creek catching crawdads <laughs> uh, many years ago, and to see you graduate from Purdue and go on to new things is just really exciting and rewarding to see. So, wow, congratulations on such an amazing accomplishment. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, AggieCon here just feels a lot like home, and I'm just it's bittersweet to leave because uh, all the great people I've met, but looking forward to going on to the new chapter. I think you've mentioned this maybe in a previous podcast, but I just want to recap it. What comes next after graduation here at Purdue? I'll be starting a master's degree at Michigan State University in their Agricultural Food and Resource Economics Department, and uh, I will be focusing on the resource economics side of that. So I'll be working with Dr. Frank Lupe on projects in environmental economics. That's awesome. So what brought you to the program at Michigan State? Michigan State has a really long history of some great uh, agricultural economics research. They're, they're a very old university with some really exciting work going on. And I am going to Michigan State and kind of following in the footsteps of my undergraduate research here in environmental economics that I've been working on with Dr. Carson Reeling. And he, of course, is a alumnus of Michigan State as well. So 
looking forward to kind of following in that legacy and learning as much as I can and contributing to environmental econ. That's awesome. So what was your like biggest challenge when applying to graduate school during this period of COVID? So it was certainly challenging to apply to graduate school with so many unknowns in the world. On the other hand, it might have been sort of an opportune time to apply because a lot of applying to graduate school is really just sending emails to people and uh, introducing yourself uh, before you apply and kind of seeing what is going on in a department and seeing if you would like to work with someone there. So it was really nice to be able to send an email and set up a Zoom meeting when everyone's so used to Zoom meetings. And then you get to have a 30 minute or an hour long talk with, with a new person and learn all about what they do. And, you know, I talk to people from Oregon, uh, Michigan State, all, all over the country, and it was all sort of the same format. So there was definitely challenges to it, but there was also, on the other hand, a lot of like nice things about <laughs> applying to graduate school during COVID. So, Dane, you mentioned uh, the connection between Professor Reeling and Michigan State. How important was tapping into that network of the Purdue professors that you know as you explored graduate school opportunities? So Purdue professors have really helped me come a long way in not only undergraduate research, but also just life, you know? There's, that, that's the one bit of advice for students that I would, I would stress the most is get to know just one professor really well. You know, get to know one faculty member who will help you out with things if you need them, you know, help you with career uh, planning. And it's just been really, uh, it's been wonderful for me to have Dr. Reeling and to learn from him inside the classroom and, and after class, outside of the classroom, you name it. So it's, it's very important in my experience to have a, a good connection with your professors and to develop your network that way. So for the sake of some of our student listeners who might be thinking about applying to graduate school somewhere in the near future, what's the process? When does it start and what do you have to do to position yourself to, to get a position, I guess, probably as a research assistant at a university like Michigan State? So we can back up to sophomore year. It's a long time ago now, but I was interested in undergraduate research, so I took Ag Econ 375, which is just a one-credit course. It, I think there were four people in my class, and I had that class with Dr. Michael Wettstein. And that was a really impactful class. So a lot of, uh, you know, bang for your buck. It, for one-credit class, it really uh, meant a lot to me. Because that class really focused on how do you, how do you get to grad school? What, do you, what are the steps for applying and what should you be doing right now as a, an undergraduate, especially as a sophomore. So I really started thinking about that. I reached out to a couple uh, faculty members in Ag Econ. I, I think I talked to Holly Wong and I talked to Maria Marshall and then I, I talked to Dr. Reeling and I just, I, I knew right after I talked to Dr. Reeling, it's like, wow, I didn't know you could do this in Econ. You know, I didn't know that this field even existed. So. It was really exciting, and so I started a research project with him, and uh, we published a paper in December of 2019 on uh, the economic impact of chronic wasting disease in white-tailed deer in Wisconsin. 
And since then, I've had the opportunity to work on another project with him. And just, it was a really great experience for me. But all the while, I was still kind of debating grad school versus law school. And I'm really very thankful that I am not going to law school right now. It just wasn't the right fit. So fast forward to 2020, and I remember I had a meeting with Dr. Reeling in October. And I just uh, said, you know, hey, I, I really want to go to grad school. I've made up my mind. Uh, I'd just taken the LSAT. And, you know, it just wasn't for me. So, so I talked to Dr. Reeling. I, I started uh, talking to these other professors from all around the country. I had a, a wide uh, range of schools that I was interested in and kind of narrowed that down as I went. I, I was having Zoom meetings with faculty in Ag Econ from uh, a bunch of different schools, basically from October up until this past February. And uh, I eventually... Uh, sent in my applications to four schools, and uh, you know, about a month ago, I decided on Michigan State. So, when did you uh, submit those applications? What's the timing for that? Uh, I submitted them maybe a little bit later than I should have. So, well, I submitted Michigan State in December, and then I, I found a couple other schools along the way, actually fairly late uh, in the game, that I applied to um, in January. So. Uh, I would definitely recommend starting that process soon. It's a lot of, uh, you know, fewer headaches to to apply uh, as soon as you can. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great experience either way. So you talked about your experience doing undergraduate research with Dr. Reeling. How did you find, like, a good pair to work with a professor? How did that process begin? So I, I talked to several people, but... I just kind of knew when I talked to Dr. Reeling that it was going to be a good fit because he's a younger professor. He's uh, really interested in, in publishing and really, you know, just a go-getter. And I, the, the research he was doing was just fascinating. So, like, I had never even known that the field existed until two years ago of, of environmental economics. So if you want to talk about like the moment that I thought, hey, this could be a good fit, is uh, when I was talking to him and he had a mule deer on a calendar on his <laughs> wall. And we got talking about hunting, which is something that I'm very passionate about. I learned that there, was, uh, there were markets around hunting and that there, there was a lot of research that you can do in the field of outdoor recreation, which is kind of a blend of my interests and uh, what I was going to school for. So it was perfect. You, uh, you mentioned Ag Econ 375, the undergraduate research course, and I think historically there's been some help in that course, the person who teaches it, pairing students with research projects. For students that have interest, that's a good way potentially to connect with a mentor. And then I think, you know, the other piece that, that I just want to be clear to our student listeners, uh, you don't have to do undergraduate research to go to grad school. It's possible to go to grad school without that. I think it. I think it's helpful, in the sense that you get ready to go to grad school. You have an idea what research is about. So you know, in that sense, what what is your current research about? You said you published a paper about chronic wasting disease in white-tailed deer. What what are you working on now? So our our research now is a a survey-based stated preferences approach to understanding the willingness to pay for deer licenses in Indiana. So we talked about this a, a little bit in our last podcast with Dr. Reeling. The DNR is interested in changing some of the things it, uh, it does with deer licenses and really 
we want to understand what people want out of buying a deer license, as in how many deer do you want to shoot, what do you uh, use to hunt those deer, and we want to understand what they're willing to pay. So willingness to pay is a really important factor in, in a survey. It's hard sometimes to understand what you're willing to pay because you could point to any object in this room and say, you know, what would you pay for that bottle of hand sanitizer? And there's a, there's a price attached to almost anything. But sometimes nailing down that exact price is, is a little bit hard. So we're trying, to, we're trying to understand that essentially for deer in Indiana. So what's the, I guess, what's the policy end game of that research? Is it about um, revenues for DNR? Is it about uh, deer population management? Or is it some combination of the two? I'd say it's a combination of the two. Revenue from hunting licenses is really important in conservation. So uh, it's, it's important to have a strong understanding of, of your market when you are selling licenses in order to maximize that revenue in, in a way that still um, gives the best benefit to your main customers or your hunters. And also, it's important to have policies around hunting which allow for greater participation from um, hunters. So hunting is a very esoteric thing um, that a lot of people who do it have their parents and grandparents have also done it and there are some barriers to entry in getting into it. So in, in having effectively priced licenses and a, a policy behind that which uh, makes sense to people and, and the various other programs in the state that support conservation and hunting as a whole, you can get more people involved and I think that's really important for the future of not only like the sport of hunting, but the environment as a whole. Because if you have people who care about a resource, they're going to protect it. And protecting our natural resources is obviously extremely important. So Dan, you talked a lot about your undergraduate research. For our student listeners, what are other opportunities you've really taken a hold of in and outside of Ag Econ that's really maximized your Boilermaker experience here at Purdue? So I have been a part of various student organizations that have really meant a lot to me. So two of those in the College of Ag are Ag Ambassadors and the Ag Council. Two different organizations which I was a part of at the same time and I, I've, I've met a lot of students uh, in Ag Council through the organizations or through the events that we put on and just talking to people and um, you know, it's a great way to meet leaders in the College of Ag because there's so many, uh, just so many involved students there. And then I also have met a lot of great people through Ag Ambassadors, a lot of really interesting prospective students and uh, parents and high schoolers, uh, just talking to them about what Purdue means to me and how they can fit into Purdue Ag. So those two organizations have really meant a lot to me and I've had, uh, I've been really lucky to be a part of both of them. And then outside the College of Ag, I've been a member of Marwood Cooperative from day one. And uh, I'm really glad I did it. You know, cooperatives are sort of lumped into Greek life and frats and sororities. But uh, I'm not really one who would, like, join a fraternity or anything. I'm kind of an introvert. But um, being a part of Marwood has just taught me so much and has uh, been a really good experience overall. So really enjoyed it.
Well, I'm really excited for the future of this podcast with Haley, and I'm confident she'll do a great job. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on as a guest. It was a pleasure to you know be on this side of the microphone this time. Uh, so yeah, congrats, Haley, and uh, best of luck to you with the future of this podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, Dean, thank you um, for all that you've brought to the podcast. I'm sure our listeners have noticed that Dean has made some significant improvements in the presentation of the podcast and you know we're going to be thankful to him in the future for those contributions and um, you know we're we're not above having um, alumni who receive awards here in the department or the college as guests so I anticipate that sometime in the future Dane Erickson will be back as a guest on the Purdue Agricultural Economics podcast again. <laughs> well so, I hope so thank yeah, you. I'm looking forward to those days. You have been listening to the Purdue Ag Econ Podcast. We want to thank Dane Erickson for being here today and wish him the best of luck at grad school. Want to hear more from Purdue Agricultural Economics? Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or visit us at www.agecon.purdue.edu.